This is a new year. I don't know if you all know that or not. Some of you are pretty excited about that. Um, here's the thing you need to understand about moving into 2022 and out of 2021. Just turning the page on a calendar doesn't automatically make things different. I know some of you were hoping that it did. It doesn't automatically just make things different, make things new. Uh, people lived for a long time before calendars were even invented. And uh, so if you want things to change, then you have to do some things differently. Uh, if you want things to change, you have to do some things differently. Now, one of the things that, that's really a good thing for us as, as believers is we get to ask for stuff. Now, some of you have a really hard time asking for things. And, and that, in the kingdom of God, that could put you in a bad place uh, because we have to learn to ask. We have to, obviously, we have to ask for the right reasons and we have to ask for the right things. But we do, we are, we are invited to ask. Uh, the Bible actually says you don't have because you don't ask. It also says you don't have because you ask, but you asked the wrong way or for the wrong thing. Uh, if you look at the life of Moses, um, we sang a song earlier today, Show Me Your Glory. Moses, uh, God asked him, what, what do you want? And Moses said, now Moses could have been like a lot of us. He could have said, oh, I don't need anything. I'm good. You know, you, you've been so good to me. You've given me more than I deserve, you know. I'm good, you know, somebody else, give it to somebody else. Somebody else, would, you know, they need it more than I do. Could have been like that. You know what Moses said? Moses looked, he looked right back at God and said, show me your glory. That was a pretty big ask, wasn't it? Show me your glory. And God responded. Uh, there are things that we can ask for, uh, things that God wants us to have, uh, I'm convinced that there are things that God wants us to have that he will only give us if we ask. And he's not reluctant. He, he doesn't get annoyed because we ask. He's actually eager. He loves to give. The Bible says that he's a good father who loves to give good gifts to his children. It actually says he's a good father who loves to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. So again, uh, we want to ask. I'm going to read uh, today from Colossians chapter 3, and then we're going to talk about that a little bit. Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also Rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, 
since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. For as the, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I had uh, someone asked me actually yesterday um, if we had a plan. They, they don't go to Riverstone, they go to another church, but they asked me, you know, do you have a plan for 2022? You know, does Riverstone have a plan? Yeah, we have a plan, it's the same plan. It's the same plan we've always had. Um, make disciples. Talk about Jesus, point people to Jesus, invite people into relationship with Jesus, and then make disciples. And so hopefully the things that we do and, and our, our goal and, and, and the things that we do and, and my goal and what I say on Sundays is, is that uh, we will help you become more like him, uh, that you will become disciples. Uh, what are disciples? Disciples are followers. And so our, our end goal is that we would be a group of people who are following him. Because if we follow him, we'll go where he goes and we'll do what he does. And I'm pretty sure that if we go where he goes and do what he does, things will turn out pretty well. And so that's, that's kind of our goal. Now, I do want to talk today just for a few minutes about some things that I would encourage you to ask him for uh, in 2022 because we have the opportunity to ask. Uh, Bible says, ask. And so you can make your own list. There may be some things that you wanna ask him for. These are just some things that I would suggest that we ask him for, okay? So number one, I think that we should ask God uh, for more kindness. I think we should ask God for more kindness. Now. Let me say this, that the reason that we ask God for the things that I'm going to talk about today is because he will give them to us. He wants us to have them. Kindness actually is a fruit of the Spirit. And so you can try to be kind. Go ahead, try. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't try. You should try. And you will succeed at times for a period of time maybe. 
Some of you will do better at, at trying to be kind than others. Um, but my best suggestion to you is ask God to give you kindness because kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. And because it's a fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit will produce it in you. If the Holy Spirit is in you, He will produce His fruit in you. And He will give you kindness that is even beyond what you are able to produce. And so I would say that having something birthed in you uh, is better than just working really hard at trying to be kind. Now, what does it even mean, mean to be kind? Because you know, I think we typically, when we say, you know, be kind, we think right away, well, just, just be nice. Just be nice. And, and nice, there's nothing wrong with nice. Nice is a good thing. Be nice. If you want to be nice, be nice. Uh, but kindness actually is a little bit more than that. If you look through in, in the Bible, kindness really usually has to do with doing more. Doing more than is expected more than is asked for. When Jesus talked um, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, if, if somebody asks, asks you to go to a mile, go too. That would be kindness, going further uh, than is expected or, or asked or required. So kindness would be that place where you don't just do the minimum. You're not just looking, okay, what, what, what do I have to do in order to get credit for being a good person, and that's all. But kindness is not, the motivation in kindness is not what do I have to do to satisfy the requirement, but always kindness has a motivation that is others-oriented. Uh, what do I, they need from me? What, what can I do uh, that would bless them? And am I willing to go beyond and, and to give a little bit more? And so let's ask the Lord to give us more kindness. Now, the second thing I would suggest is that we ask the Lord to give us more mercy. Now, here's the reason I think we need more mercy is because we have way too much judgment. Way too much judging going on. Now, the Bible says in James that mercy triumphs over judgment. And so I I think that we should ask God to give us more mercy because we have figured out so many things to judge each other for. I, I don't know. I, I thought we would run out of things. We have not run out of things. We, we are judging each other for everything. We judge each other. If you, if you wear a mask, you're judged. If you don't wear a mask, you're judged. If you get a vaccination, you're judged. If you don't get a vaccination, you're judged. If you vote for this person, you're judged. If you vote for that person, you're judged. It, it, there are just so many things. We have just, we, I am now convinced that we will not ever run out of opportunities to choose to judge each other for things. And so what I would suggest is that we, instead of looking for ways to use judgment, that we ask God to give us more mercy. Now, here's, here's the thing that's really important. We need to understand, as we choose between mercy and judgment, we need to understand the difference between conviction and preference. I have convictions about things, and I have some preferences. I have some opinions. 
Uh, my opinion is that coffee should be made strong and served black. <laughs> That's my opinion. I should not judge you if you want to put stuff in your coffee. Girls will be girls. I, I, sh I should not judge you. <laughs> See, there I went. I just, I just slid right into judgment. But you, you understand what I'm saying. That's an opinion. Convictions are different. I have convictions about who Jesus is. And my convictions about who Jesus is are based on things that he said about himself. And my conviction is that the things that he said about himself are true. So those are not opinions. I have convictions about Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I have a conviction about what it takes. I have a conviction about the path that you have to go, that you have to take in order to have relationship with God. And that conviction is based on what Jesus said because I believe that what Jesus said is absolute truth. Jesus said, when he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except by me, that is an absolute unqualified statement. And if you take philosophy in college, you will learn that an absolute unqualified statement is either true or false. Now, we live in a world that has completely lost its mind and thinks that things like that can be both true and false which makes no sense. And so an absolute, unqualified statement is either true or it's false. Now here's where it becomes important that you know the difference between conviction and preference. Are you willing to die for it? My convictions are things that I will stand on and say this is true no matter what. This is true and it's not determined by my circumstances. It's not determined by the benefit that it brings me. It's not determined by the season that we're in. This is true. That's a conviction. Now, a preference, let me just tell you that if you held a gun to my head and said, unless you drink coffee with creamer, you're going to die, my next question will be, do you have French vanilla? But if you put a gun to my head and say, unless you deny Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the only way to the Father, you will die. Just go ahead and pull the trigger. Because that's a conviction. And we, if we are going to choose between mercy and judgment, it's really important that we know the difference between conviction and preference. Here, here's the problem that a lot of us have. We have conviction about things that we should have preference about, and we have preference about things that we should have convictions about. And so we need to know what's what. And we need to know where, where are the things that I will stand on forever what are the things that I will die for? 
And I would say it's okay to judge on those things. It's not okay to be cruel and mean. But you can judge a statement that is false. But you shouldn't be going around judging opinions. And so, let's ask God for more mercy. But let's also ask God for conviction. That we would have conviction about the things that we should have conviction about. And that we would recognize that a lot of things that we hold as convictions may, may just be opinions. May just be opinions. The third thing that I would say uh, we need to ask God for is more humility. Uh, the Bible actually says that God gives grace to the humble. It actually says that, that when we embrace humility that God is drawn to us. I would say that humility is something that attracts God's presence. You know, uh, I said our plan is, is to make disciples. You know, our, our, our stated uh, vision for our church is community transformation because we want to, we want to live in a community that, where everything in our community is impacted by the presence of God. We want to see the lost come to Jesus. We want to see the sick people healed. We want to see the presence of God just erupt in this place, in this community that we live in. And community transformation happens as we give ourselves to him, but it also happens as we embrace humility because humility attracts the presence of God. And so if if we believe that the key to community transformation is the presence of God, then humility is, is a pretty important thing. And we should ask God, give us more humility. Because honestly, um, the more impressed we are with ourselves, the less attractive we will be uh, to the people we're trying to reach. That's, that's just a fact. And so we don't want to be impressed with ourselves. We want to be impressed with God. We want to give him glory, and we want to embrace humility in the right way. Now, again, humility doesn't mean thinking badly of yourself. Humility doesn't mean going around bad-mattling yourself and talking about how horrible you are. Humility means seeing yourself the way God sees you. Humility means seeing yourself properly, knowing that I'm pretty awesome because of God. I'm pretty horrible without him. That's really humility. Humility is seeing yourself the way you really are with him, but also knowing what you would be without him. And when you think of it that way, and when you, when you articulate it that way, and when you walk it out in that way, people will be drawn to him. So ask God for more humility. Uh, we, don't, we don't need credit for things. Humility really prefers others and humility would push others to the front. 
The fourth thing, <clears throat> the last thing that I would say uh, that we need or that we could ask God for more of is, is love that is rooted in trust. This is, this is really the thing for me in 2021 that, that really God impressed on my heart probably more than any other thing is, is that the importance of trusting him. Uh, I have conviction. I have conviction that God is good. And guess what that conviction is not based on? It's not based on my circumstances. My conviction that God is good is not based on how things are going at the moment. My conviction that God is good is based on one thing. He said he was. He says he's good. The Bible says that God is good. And so my conviction is based on what he says about himself. And so because I have a conviction that God is good and I trust what he says about himself, then no matter what the situation, no matter what my circumstances, when things are going really well, when things are going very poorly, I can still trust him. Now, I don't know, maybe, maybe you can love God without trusting him. I'm not sure. But maybe, maybe probably that would be more like liking God. <laughs> and that it would change the minute things went badly. And so I'm convinced that the true love of God is built on, rooted in a foundation of trust. And that trust says, just like Job said, he can kill me. I'm still going to trust him. I'm not basing this on my circumstances. I'm not basing it on my benefits. I'm not basing it on the favor that I'm experiencing right now. I'm basing his goodness and I'm basing my trust on the conviction that I have what he says about himself is true. Now, I'm, I am convinced that if we will ask God to give us more kindness, he will. He will give us opportunities. He will open our eyes uh, to opportunities to express the kindness that he has put within us. He will open our ears to hear things uh, so that we can respond with kindness. If we ask God for kindness, he will give us kindness and he will give us opportunities to show it. If we ask God for more mercy, guess what? He will give you opportunities to express mercy rather than judgment. If you ask for humility, God will give you humility and he will offer you opportunities to, to elevate other people, to pervert to prefer others, but more than anything, he will give you opportunity to promote him, to point to him. And if you ask God for love, if you ask God for more love, my guess, my belief, is that he will put you in situations 
that require you to trust him. And when you trust him, your love for him will swell. It will grow. It will increase. Because of our love, again, is conditional. It's kind of like the feelings that we have for donuts and pancakes. But if our love is unconditional, it's rooted and it's grounded in trust because we know, we believe, we're willing to die for the belief that he is who he says he is. And we'll stake our life on it. As we give ourselves to those things, as we ask God to pour those things into us, I'm convinced that we will see more and more a community changing and shifting and looking more like him. As we look more like him, our community will start to look more like him. So let's go for that. Now, let me pray. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that we stand today on the truth. The things that you say about yourself, we trust those things. We trust your statements about yourself. You are the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through you. We believe that. We stand on it. We lean into you today. And we ask you, Lord. We ask you, would would you stir up kindness in us? We know your spirit is in us. Produce your fruit in us. Give us kindness, Lord. Give us kindness for each other. Give us kindness for the world. We ask for mercy. We pray that you would stir up mercy in us, that we would love mercy. Make us lovers of mercy, God. Lord, we pray for humility. We we recognize that you are everything. We are nothing without you. So I pray, Lord, give us just an understanding, a proper understanding of who we are. Who we are with you, who we would be without you. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we pray for love. Let love increase in this place. If we are known for anything, let us be known for how we love. How we love you, how we love each other. And how we love even those who hate us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask our uh, prayer teams to come and get in place. Um, Another thing that we have conviction about is, um, I have a conviction that Jesus heals. And the reason I have that conviction is because the Bible says that he does. And I haven't found anything in the Bible that says that he quit doing that or that he would quit. And so if you have need today, physical healing, we would love to pray for you. I also believe that when we lean towards him, he runs towards us. Jesus told the the story of the prodigal son. He he illustrated to us the 
posture of God toward us. His posture is towards us, not away from us. And so if you're in a place where you feel like you have drifted away from him and you want to be close to him again, I would encourage you to, to, to lean towards him by taking a step to the front today and allowing one of our teams to pray for you. If you've never said yes to him, you've never put your faith and your trust in him. If you're sitting here today and you're thinking, wow, you know, the conviction that you said about he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, I've, I've never really made a decision about that. If that's you and, and you, you want to make that decision or just talk about that decision today, I'd encourage you to come and give us a chance to talk with you and pray for you. All right? Won't you stand? We're going to worship for a bit. And I do encourage you, if you need prayer, uh, to come and to come uh, take advantage of the opportunity to be prayed for. Holy Spirit, we love the way you work. And we pray that uh, you would have your way here in this place. I pray for hearts. Lord, hearts that are that are feeling drawn to you, but maybe are fearful or, or anxious. I pray that you would give them the courage to make a move, to, to step toward you. Give them the courage to come and, and to ask for prayer. Lord, I pray for people in the room who, who would push everyone else to the front of the line and say, I, I got what I need. I, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Knowing good and well that they have need in their life. I pray that you would show us, Lord, the difference between preferring others and being complacent. Stir up a hunger in us, God the things that you want us to have. and Give us the boldness that Moses had when he, when he said to you, I, I want to see your glory. I've seen a lot. I've experienced a lot. I want more. I want more. Give us a hunger for more. And a trust and a belief that you can be trusted. But we, we lean into you again. In Jesus' name.